think about that night when Christ was born. That holy night when Christ was born. What would it have been like to have been there? Can you imagine? Have you ever thought about what it would have been like to, to have been there? I mean, I would, I'd even be a, 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 a cow, you know. I'd even be, a, you know, a goat, whatever, just to experience the, the holiness, those sacred moments. And not just the, not just the, 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 the sacred, you know, private moments that where, where Mary wept over her son and wept over this Messiah that had come. But those, those moments where Mary and Joseph are, 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 are talking over his manger, those moments when the shepherds are, are coming from the fields and, and just, you know, coming in and, and standing in complete silence around the manger of Jesus. I, I would love to have been there on that holy, holy night. Um, last week we read from Isaiah chapter 40. As we closed our Revive series, I read this passage. Do you not know... Have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God? He is the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. And his understanding no one can comprehend. He gives strength to the weary... And increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. And young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Church, I want to ask you this morning, what are you hoping for? I hope, I pray that all of us are hoping for something, greatly expecting something. So I want to start with that question. What are you personally hoping for? Maybe a, a better way to phrase that question, a way that we could phrase it to one another, a way that we could phrase it to, to our friends and our family members is, what is your greatest hope this Christmas? What is your greatest hope? See, our lives are mapped by our hopes. I hope I get a new bike I hope my team wins. I hope IU beats Purdue. Praise Jesus. I hope people like me. I hope I get into 
that school or I hope my kids get into that school. I hope I get my dream job. I hope I can keep my job. I hope someone will one day marry me. I hope I get a promotion. I hope I have kids one day. I hope I'm a good person. I hope I'll grow out of this habit. I hope I don't judge. I hope people don't judge what my home looks like. I hope I stop feeling this way. I hope this isn't all for nothing, all my labor, all my work. I hope I won't be disappointed in this life. I hope, I hope, I hope. See, our, our lives are mapped by our hopes. Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Let me read that again. Hope deferred. And I want to read this again because many of us have hope that has been deferred. We've been hoping and hoping and hoping and hoping. But we've never seen it. Our hopes come to fruition. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a longing fulfilled, a hope fulfilled is a tree of life. Our lives are mapped by our hopes and often we navigate between what Proverbs 13, 12 calls a, a heart sickness and fulfillment as we journey through life. I have not seen my hopes come to fruition. My hopes have been deferred and I am heart sick over it and I begin to lose sleep over it and I begin to wonder in my days and I begin to fear what the future holds for me because my hopes have been deferred. But a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Why would the author of this proverb write that? Think about your own life. Early in all of our lives, we learn that when we hope for something, one of two things are going to happen. Either we will be disappointed, we won't see that hope come to fruition, we will be heart sick, or we will find great fulfillment. Our longing will be fulfilled. Those of you who have children or grandchildren right now that are young, you know that they're making out their Christmas list. Amen? They're making out their Christmas list. My kids have turned in their Christmas list. We've already asked them, what do you, what do you want for Christmas? Because they're expecting something for Christmas. Yes? My daughter's in here. She could confirm that. She's expecting something from her parents at Christmas. But the reality is, as they start turning in their Christmas list, I'm looking at these lists and I'm laughing inside thinking you're going to be disappointed. Early in our life, though, even as, as children, we learn. Whether it's a Christmas list or a birthday wish or something that we are... are, are yearning for, longing for, we learn that either we're going to be disappointed or we're going to see fulfillment. And that just carries with us into our adult years. Yes? I hope, I hope, I hope 
And either I'm going to be disappointed or I'm going to see that fulfilled. Maybe you're hoping for something right now. Maybe you've been hoping for years, but you've grown heart sick in your hopes, in your waiting. Know that if you are heart sick, know that if you've grown heart sick in your longing and you're hoping, know that you're not alone. Know that this is what the, the uh, Proverbs 13 calls hope deferred. Today I want to talk about a hopeless people. There was once what was called a hopeless people and we should not be surprised to know that this hopeless people these people that were called hopeless were God's people they were God's chosen people but they had grown heartsick in their longing in their hoping and they were then called a hopeless people not just by one another but by God he said they were a hopeless people 1300 years before God called them a hopeless people 1300 years how many of you have been waiting for something for 1300 years that's a long time I can't even comprehend 1300 years waiting for a promise to be fulfilled 1300 years God calls them a a, a hopeless people because 1300 years before that God had made a promise to Abraham he said all the families on the earth will be blessed through you now think about Abraham all right now we're going we're going back right Think about Abraham, he hears these these words from God, all the people on the earth are going to be blessed by you. Now I don't don't know about you, but if if God speaks those words to me, I'm thinking, well it might not happen tomorrow, but maybe next week, maybe next month, maybe next year, right? I'm going to see this all come to fruition, but no, Abraham waited and he waited and he waited. And then Abraham's... The generation comes up after him and they wait and they wait and they wait and the generation after him wait and wait and wait and it just keeps going and then God says they become a hopeless people. They grow tired, they grow heartsick in their longing, in their waiting. They had experienced war and famine and captivity. I mean the nation of God had been taken captive and they're still waiting for all the people on the earth to be blessed through this line but now they're losing hope they're growing heart sick and many of them were hopeless but then God speaks through the prophet Isaiah Isaiah 9 6 a popular well-known passage it says for to us a child is born praise the Lord amen to us the son is given And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Who is Isaiah talking about here? Amen. Jesus, right? I mean, you got got Abraham, you got 1,300 years, then you got Isaiah saying, for to us a child is born. Now it's time. Here we go. But then 700 more years of silence follows this promise of God through the prophet Isaiah. 700, how many of you have been waiting 700 years for something to happen? 
How many of you feel like you've been waiting 700 years for something to happen? 700 years from the time Isaiah says a child will be born to us. He's going to be the wonderful counselor. He's going to be the mighty God. He's going to be the everlasting father. He's going to be the, the prince of peace. 700 years then pass until Luke 2.12. God says these words to the shepherds out in the field. You will find a baby Wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. I mean, we talk about joy. We talk about that, that, that moment that hope is, is fulfilled. Everything that, that these people had been waiting for and, and talking about for, for, for years. And then God speaks these words to the, to the shepherds. Can you imagine what that trek to, the, to the, the, the stable was like for them that night? You think there was some skepticism among the shepherds? Maybe. But they just saw the, the sky break open and heard the voice of the, the angels and saw them celebrating and worshiping in heaven. I think any skepticism... It's starting to be stripped away. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And so they said, let's go. Let's go. Amen. Let's go. From the time of God's promise to Abraham to the birth of Jesus was about 2,000 years. From the time of Isaiah's prophecies to the time of Jesus' birth was about 700 years. See, God had made a promise. Here's what I'm, I'm driving at. God had made a promise, but then he made the people wait. Is that because he didn't love them? Absolutely not. Was it because God didn't have all the details worked out yet how he was going to do it? No, absolutely not. We can look at Genesis 3 and see God already had all the details worked out for how he was going to fulfill his plan. But God made him wait. And he didn't give him a timeline. See, it would have been another thing, and maybe we could understand this, if God had said to Abraham, all the people on the earth are going to be blessed through you. Or if he had said through the prophet Isaiah, for to you a son will be born. He'll be called the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. But you have to wait about 700 years. Maybe then we could wrap our minds around it. But no, God gives these promises. He builds up these, these great expectations, these great hopes. And then he leaves them longing for that, that fulfillment of that promise for many, many years. Years. He never gives them a timeline, and yet he still keeps his promise. Maybe this resonates with you. It sure does for me. The promise that, that has been given to you by God, this hope that you've held on to. See, much of our anxiety in life comes from our inability to wait for the Lord. Amen? Much of our anxiety... Our worry, our fear comes because we're in our, our, it comes out of our inability to wait for the Lord, to be patient on God. We mistake not yet for never, and we begin to grow heart sick. Or we just give up entirely 
on that promise that God has given to us. 1 Peter 1.13 reminds us, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. To hope in God is to be patient in God. To hope in God is to be patient in God. To wait for the Lord. It is believing that all the facts are not yet in. Amen? It's believing that the story has not has not fully been written yet. The story of our lives has not been fully written yet. It is believing that there is something that is still yet to be revealed or to be uncovered to us. That we don't understand everything yet. I can rejoice in that. It's believing that despite the waiting, there is a child born who is the true God and who is of the true God, who is the light, the eternal light. See, hope looks forward to Christ. But it, all, it is also built on the foundation of Christ. Amen? Hope looks toward Christ. It's that longing fulfilled. So I say again, our lives are mapped out by our hopes. That map is long, but it leads to God's fulfilled promise in us. According to John's vision in Revelation, it leads to the tree of life that Proverbs talked about. John wrote, Revelation 22:2. on each side of the river stood the tree of life. Bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. That is the tree of life, which is Jesus Christ. Our hope, our longing will be fulfilled. Do you believe that? Our hope, our longing will be fulfilled. This hope will not disappoint us. I had to make sure we have the word hope up here on the platform. That it didn't fall over this week. Praise the Lord. This Christmas, my invitation to all of us is to look toward the future that God has promised to you. Look toward the future that God has promised to you by looking to Jesus. See, that's the only way we can look toward the future that God has in store for us is if we look to Jesus. Jesus has, has been born. Amen? He has been born among us. The, the prophecy of Isaiah has been fulfilled. To us, a child has been born. He is the mighty counselor. He is the everlasting God. He is the prince of peace. But there's so much more that we are hoping for. See, that's why we light today the candle of hope. This candle of expectancy because we are hoping, no, we are expecting Jesus to return for us. Those of us who are obedient, those of us who claim the name of Jesus and cling to his cross as our salvation, we are greatly expecting his return. 
this Christmas, I'd invite us to look toward that promise by looking to Jesus. And as we look to Jesus, let me ask this. What, as you look to Jesus, what do you see? As we talk about Jesus at Christmas, what image do we have in our head? Is it a baby in a cradle? Or is it a manger holding life itself, pointing to the ultimate tree of life? See, this is hope. A baby has been born to us. A son from God has been given. And he is the salvation. He is the mighty counselor. He is the everlasting God. He is the prince of peace. He is the tree of life. This is hope. As we close today, I simply want us to do a couple of things. I want to do a couple of things. One, reflect on Reflect on what is your greatest hope right now? What is your greatest hope right now? See, I think it would do, it would do us all a lot of good if we were to sit down at some point this next week and start, I say your life is mapped out by your hopes. I think it would do us a lot of good if we all just sat down at some point this next week and we started mapping it out on a piece of paper. What was my hope when I was young? What was my hope in this year? What was my hope this year? What was my hope this year? See, and we're going to see that as we do that, what you're going to find, as I found, is that God fulfills his hopes or his promises rather. God fulfills our great hopes in him. I think it would do us a lot of good. But I don't, I don't want us to stop there. See, I, I, I look around at our, at our church and I say, if we would grab a hold of the mindset that Jesus calls us to grab a hold of, that is, if, if we would simply grab a hold of, I'm looking around trying to gauge how many people are here this morning, maybe 90 adults, am I safe to say that? No, I don't think I'm stretching it, maybe 80, I don't know, doesn't matter. Here's the thing, if we as a people of God would grab a hold of, it's not my job to convert the community, it's our job to tell people about Jesus Christ. What a difference, and I, I truly believe this, what a difference it would make this next week if each one of us asked at least one person, what is your greatest hope this Christmas season? What is your greatest hope this Christmas season? And use that opportunity to invite someone not to come to church. And if that's where it leads you, fine, great, wonderful. I'll accept that. But... Use that opportunity to invite someone to meet Jesus. There are, I mean, and, and, and well, all my friends, all my friends, all my family members, they already know Jesus. Then make some new friends, right? Now you got, now you got a, a longer assignment. But he, he, all my friends, they, 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 they know Jesus. All my family members, they know Jesus. Great. Keep talking to them about Jesus. 
then go talk to some other people about Jesus. See, our job's not done. Our job's not, oh man. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off on a soapbox here, but I don't want to, so I'm just going to stop and say this. God has given us such a great gift in Jesus Christ. Do we believe that? We are longing for the hopes that we have been given through Jesus to be completely fulfilled in him. But a hope deferred makes the heart sick. Longing fulfilled is the tree of life. This next week, let us take every opportunity to share the hope of Jesus Christ with someone in our lives. Can you do that? All right, about five of you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the five of you who said yes. Praise the Lord. Father God, bless us as we go. Bless us, Lord Jesus, as we await the fulfillment of your hope, your promise to us. Bless us, Lord Jesus, this week. Bless us, Lord Jesus, this Christmas season. God, I pray that you would stir within us the hope that is Jesus Christ. Stir within us, Lord Jesus, that promise that you have made, Lord God, that one day very, very soon you will come back and you will call your church, Lord God, those faithful to you, that you will call us to be with you for all of eternity. God, if there is any doubt in our minds right now, God, if there is any doubt in our hearts right now, Jesus, I pray that, that, that God, you would... That you would reveal to us a new God. Renew your promise. Renew that hope, God. If there's doubt, God, of whether we are committed to you, whether we are serving you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, give us. Give us the power. Give us, Lord God, the step, Jesus, to take with you today. To commit wholly, fully, our lives to you, Jesus. Until you return. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. All of creation, all of the earth, make straight a highway, a path for the Lord. Jesus is coming soon. Call back the sinner, wake up the saint. Let every nation shout up your fame. Jesus is coming soon.